This week brings so many things, and yep, you guessed it, one of those things changes. Are you sick of hearing me say that yet? Well, that's just is what it is. We got ch-ch-changes happening. We also have some main character energy flowing down from the cosmos to you. And yeah, Mercury retrograde continues. And oif, am I feeling it? All that and more we're going to get into today on the Cosmic Energy Report brought to you here by Cosmic RX Radio. Welcome to Cosmic RX Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. I'm so excited to talk about all the things we have going on at the time of the recording. We are in solar eclipse, bring up fire, energy. I am getting Mercury retrograded for real. Like, listen, guys, just because I sit here with my cosmic baddies and chat about the cosmos and I take all my precautions and I have my awareness, I'm not immune to the retrograde realness and eclipse season. And, um, you know, it's just been a lot of tech issues and yada, yada. We're just laughing. We're living. We're learning. Just trying to not take it all so seriously, okay? Because this girl... I am, you know, Virgo. I'm connected to Mercury. When tech doesn't go my way, I get that rainbow wheel of death. I can really feel the old agita creeping up. So taking deep breaths, centering ourselves, it's all going to be okay, right? So before I get into your energy report, how the astros are affecting you as above, so below, we got another kooky week going on in the cosmos. That's for damn sure. But I wanted to thank you all so many (laughs) DMs about if astrology isn't real, then why? So many, especially with Mercury retrograde. It was like all over the place. I can't wait to get into more of those. Also, as a heads up, our Cosmic Fit Club membership is still open for enrollment until June 15th. This is your accessible, affordable, one-stop shop for all things cosmic wellness, cosmic self-care, cosmic empowerment. Join a community of like-minded baddies, gather for the moon, learn about manifestation, learn about energy hygiene, learn about mindset work, relationship healing, all in like a real live community where you get to interact with humans. I mean, we are more than just humans, but you know, real people. And you know, we have a chat, we connect. It's just, it's everything. It's just basically virtual Hogwarts. So if this sounds like something that you're into and you really want to either up-level your spiritual practice because you're new, you're cosmically curious, and you want a safe place where you can learn and ask questions and flex those intuitive muscles, come on down. And if you're an experienced, wise witch or like my crone energy, you've been doing this for a minute, come hang too. It's just a nice place to gather. You know, I love doing things in group energy. It's much more motivating to me. I love the accountability. I love the hype. So there's something for everyone. Okay. So that is, it's like $127 for the whole year and you get access to new moon circles, full moon coaching, breath work, 
replay chakra classes, energy clearings, live coaching with our amazing crew of facilitators, coaches, and healers. All right. So the doors close though, June 15th, and uh, they're going to open again in September. Like I say, my salesy voice, this is a good price. Get in on it now. We can't guarantee it's going to stay that way. So we're always going to keep it affordable, but this is just crazy. This is crazy. There's like car salesmen. They're like, this car is so cheap. It's crazy. So yeah, that's my commercial. That's my pitch. And as always, leave a rating and review. You know, this is my other, like, ask if you like this podcast, if it's serving you. It's If it's like a slice of something yummy you look forward to, if it's a sprinkle of stardust and magic in your bra when you leave the morning, you're feeling it. Pop on down, hit those stars, smash them, leave a little rating, say hi, what's up, hello. That is, I guess, how this whole podcast thing works. The more views we get, the more people can find us, the higher we are in the search results. Not in that order, but you know what I'm saying. I love reading them. We were catching up on them because we're about to pick our Gemini season winner. So if you haven't, get in before Gemini season's over. Leave a rating, leave your Instagram handle. But I had so much fun reading them. You all are rack me up. I'm so happy I found my band of weirdos out in the ethernet who are just like witchy and wild and cheeky and funny. So yeah, do that. Thank you. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. Okay, so much to get into today. As a reminder, what we do here, we're going through the themes of the week. Then we go through the day by day emotional moon report, just so you can check in with yourself. How am I doing those days? That's your emotional weather. And then I'm going to talk about the monster, big events, the transits, the things you should circle on the calendar, the need to know. But as always, before we do that, we go into the rapid fire recap, cosmic currents. We look cosmic current events. We look back to see how the astrology shook out, how it played out. And this is our segment. If astrology isn't real, then why? I got so many messages from you guys that I was cracking up. I love everyone keeping tabs out there, noticing these patterns. One of you tagged me in outages on a website. It was like from the New York Times. And it was like reporting all of these website have outages. And it was like parentheses, like including us. So we hope you can read this. And it was like New York Times, Reddit, Spotify, Twitter, all had outages trending on Twitter. So Mercury retrograde, real. She's real. I got a lot of like individual ones from you all. It wasn't really like news that I could bring up here, but it was like if Mercury retrograde isn't real, then why? And it was so many stories of like exes and girlfriends and friends and lovers and teachers and bosses from the past emerging. I saw a very interesting Mercury in Gemini. Gemini is communications. You know, Mercury in Gemini is a double dose on communications retrograde. I saw that France plans to oust the English language from EU meetings. That's some Mercury retrograde in Gemini energy coming through. But this segment of If Astrology Isn't Real is going to be a special royal family edition. Royal edition. I have so much to say. I am not like a diehard follower of the royal family or slash Meghan and Harry if they're linked in that. But you know, how can you not pay attention to them, especially these past few months? I never cared about like the weddings and all that. But watching Meghan just be a fierce ass Leo and like step up and take her power back and watching um, Harry like 
like avenge his mother and like live out her truth has been very captivating to watch. So I did the birth chart of Lilibet. And so if astrology isn't real, then why certain things about her chart? The most interesting thing is she was born under Mercury retrograde. Her name, like Lilibet, Diana, Mountbatten slash Windsor. First of all, whenever we see something in Gemini, she's born Mercury in Gemini retrograde. Gemini does everything double. So all of her names are like a double. Like she's always going to be like Lilibet Diana. She has a hyphen last name. But more important than that, when people are born under Mercury retrograde, you'll see celebrities. They have many like names or nicknames. They're very rarely go by their given name. Also, their name can be misspelled Mercury retrograde a lot. So we're gonna have to keep our eye out for that. Also, very Mercury retrograde. Her name, I was wondering, where did that come from? I asked my husband, he lived in the UK for 10 years. I'm like, is that a common name, Lilibet? He's like, not that I know of. And so it turns out it was from when Elizabeth was a baby. She couldn't pronounce her own name. She muddled it and she would call herself Lilibet. And King George V started her calling her that as her affectionate, cute little nickname. So now Lilibet Diana's name came from someone who couldn't pronounce something. Mercury, Gemini, retrograde, limited communications. Are we paying attention yet? Are we loving this? And we're just getting started because if astrology isn't real, then why, a royal edition, does Lilibet have 29 degrees Leo rising, her Leo ascendant, that is the sign, the royal sign. That is the royal marking in someone's chart. We know Leo, the king, the queen of the jungle, so much royalty, so many famous people have that. So it's right there. And 29 degrees is like, there's some karma, there's a karmic agenda to fulfill. There's something, um, an urgency in her life. She's here to complete her karmic mission. So 29 degrees, Leo rising. I love that. She's definitely going to be very center stage, North Node in Aries, that Gemini stellium. She's going to be chatty and charismatic and charming and a writer, speaker, journalist. We have just like begun to get to know her. Like I feel like she's going to be in 30 years a real leader in her field. I mean, she might even, I don't know what, have her own talk show, run for president, all the above, whatever's going on in the holographic universe we'll live in at that point. And of course, interesting things about that too, her Gemini sun is directly conjunct the note of fate. So she is also here, yeah, in a really like fated karmic destiny, her path, something big is laid out for her. She's here to definitely shake some things up. And my favorite last little thing of this was if astrology isn't real, then why did Megan, Megan the Markle, give birth when Mars was sitting directly on her cancer rising. Cancer, first of all, is all about the mother. Cancer is about birth. Cancer is a sign of like the watery sign and Mars, the planet of action and drive, the planet that pushes us into action was right on her cancer rising. Like literally the moment someone on Twitter was like, I think Meghan Markle is giving birth right now because Mars is on her cancer rising. And everyone's like, holy shit. They were retweeting. I think it was Tara Green. So I love that. That is our royal edition if astrology isn't real. So let's hop into the moon report. This is your emotional, your inner weather, just your kind of rapid fire going through the week. And the big themes we have, you know, the context of this in the larger scale, we have Mercury is still retrograde, still things happening. Mercury doing its thing. We have Mars is moving into Leo, which is bringing that main character energy I was talking about. And we have Saturn square Uranus. Bum, bum, bum. This is like the 
transit. There's three of them this year. This is like the signature headline defining transit of 2021. And it's all about rebellion and like upheaval and revolution and like the old clashing with the new. So you got to pay attention to your emotional weather report this week. It's like, gonna take care of ourselves, look alert, head on a swivel, be really good to ourselves. Um, and we're going to start off with June true 11th, when this comes out, the moon is in Cancer. We're fresh off that eclipse energy. Moon in Cancer, babies. This is very important. I want you to tend to yourself, nurture yourself, cook yourself like your favorite homemade meal from growing up. Cancer, it's like all connected to the belly and the chest and home clear out some clutter in your home. Also, just notice you might be in your feels that day. You might cry for no reason. You might feel emotionally sensitive. So just do what you need to do to create safe and sacred space to process your emotions. Then that goes through Sunday afternoon, and then the moon moves into Leo. And we are ready, as the great prophet and poet said, pink, we are ready to get this party started. When the moon is in Leo, Gemini sun, Leo moon is party girl energy, okay? Party boy energy. If you have that in your chart, let's hang out because you're fun. So Sunday, Monday, and then into Tuesday, yeah, late Tuesday evening. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, have fun, go out, meet friends. You may feel chatty. Leo moon, play around with like your makeup, your dress, express yourself. Make yourself a killer soundtrack those days. If you have to do any sort of like on-camera screen recording work, if you have a hot date and you don't have the actual date planned yet, do it those days. It's like conversation is flowing, banter, witty. It's happening. We're feeling sexy, mojo. And just maybe the only shadow thing to look out for those days is just look out for like dominating the conversation. Focus on listening too, okay? <laughs> so then we have into Tuesday night. And Wednesday, Thursday, into the wee hours of Friday morning, we have Moon and Virgo coming to clean up Moon and Leo's mess. No, JK. But Moon and Virgo are times, yeah, when we might feel a little bit more detail-oriented. Maybe you want to organize something, go through some things, revisit things. Again, we're in the last few moments of Mercury retrograde here. So like revisiting some things, using that Moon in Virgo is like, like a fine tooth comb over things. We're like alert. We're paying attention. Um, moon in Virgo is also if you want to do any like health and wellness intentions, if you're trying to jumpstart, you know, eating well, putting together a meal plan, putting together a new workout plan. Moon in Virgo days are great to do that. And then the thing we're going to look out for, the shadow energy, self-criticism, we ain't having it. Negative self-talk out the window. Ask that inner critic, why are you, why are you mad? Why are you mad, boo? Let's talk. Just look out for that. Moon and Virgo days. Then we wrap up. Then that brings us into Friday morning, and I'll see you here back then, okay? So that is the moon report. That's your emotional weather for the week ahead. Now let's talk about all the things, all the things, TM, what's happening. Okay, let's just jump into like the Mercury universe. Mercury is still retrograde. Mercury is retrograde through the 22nd. And I want us to think about coming off of the solar eclipse in Gemini. It's technically over at the time of this, you know, when you get this. 
but we will feel the effects up to a month after. So up until July 10th, I want you to notice where you're being nudged, nay, maybe full on shoved into a new chapter, into a new path, into a new way of thinking about things. Can you, you know, restructure your mind? Can you allow something to be different? Gemini is especially like how you approach your day-to-day things, okay? So noticing where those shifts are and noticing also the messages you're getting. Gemini, this, you know, solar eclipse was conjunct Mercury retrograde, and it's like messages, messages, messages. Things might have been unclear during the actual eclipse, but for the month after, you might be getting like mail from the universe, notes from your higher self everywhere. So nothing is an accident. Nothing is random. Everything has like a sign, has some sort of message for you. So just pay attention to that, okay? I talked about it on the Instagram live, but an old story of like Mercury, you know, very messenger god moves very fast moves between the worlds and the like mythology between humans and the gods and you know could just the the ruler of merchants and, and marketplaces and so people to divinate to get messages from mercury how people did it in the olden times was they would go to a market and somewhere like really loud just imagine everything there like goats and kids screaming and people selling spices and their wares and just like, you know, wheeled wagons going by, like this is so chaotic. Times Square energy or like St. Mark's Place energy for my for my New Yorkers. But it's like there's so much happening. And they would ask the question and cover their ears and get really still and get really centered. And then they would like mm, take their hands off their ears. And listen, and the first sound they heard, the first word they heard, the first thing that jumped out from that like cacophony was their message. That was the divination. And that's how they work with Mercury. So it's really about like the message and the mess. It's like what's coming through in the chaos. So I want you to pay attention to that over the next few weeks. Pay attention to what's coming through. And someone asked me this week, they're like, is it? Makes sense. Like if I'm asking for signs and I get like I see things on Instagram on people's you know personal pages that are kind of answering my question. I'm like, yes, that's it. If Mercury, first of all, rules technology and communications, duh, that's a cell phone. And like our modern marketplace is our phone, right? Especially like Instagram. Like unfortunately, a lot of us aren't like IRL hanging out in like a farmer's market all day or a mall. So if you're asking for a question, if you're asking for a sign and you open up Instagram and it's something like so funny, it's that's it. That's our modern mystic divination working with Mercury, one of the ways. Okay. So pay attention to that. We're listening to the messages. We're ears open, heart open, and we're ready to make change. We're staying curious. We're staying flexible. And we're just trusting where we're being led. Change is the name of the game right now. If you have two choices and you're confused of what to do and one of them is stay the same and the other ones change, yeah, it's the latter. I'm going to spoil it for you. It's the latter. You're meant to do that. That's all happening. And then on June 11th, the day this drops, Mars moves into Leo. And this is like roaring 20s, the kickoff talked about roaring 20s kicking off again people were talking about it on social media post-covid and then someone chris brandon an astrologer i love was saying 
actually, you know, the 20s in astrology are not just roaring 20s, but rebellious 20s. I love that. Uh, but truly, the theme of 2021, yes, roaring. Yes, we're going to have a good time. But every astrologer who's, you know, knows anything about anything, so it's not going to start until the summer when Jupiter moves into Pisces and then Mars and moves into Leo and then Venus moves there. So, and the theme, we're going to get to that in a moment, also 2021 is like three steps forward, two steps back. <laughs> so it's like not exactly roaring, like we don't have on the bedazzled sequin fringe dress doing the Charleston yet, but Mars moving into Leo June 11th to me feels like, yes, the kickoff of the roaring 20s, pun intended with my lions and lionesses, um, Mars is our planet of action, you know, how we assert ourselves, how we make moves towards attaining our deepest desires and our passions. It's like how we, I I always cover your ears if you're with a kid right now. I know I curse a lot, but really earmuffs, anyone who shan't be listening to adult language. But Mars is the planet that tells us like how we fuck and how we fight. It's like that thing in us, like uh, warrior energy. So when Mars moves into Leo, it's like, okay, we are being asked to express our energy and move forward with the energetic signature of Leo, our most regal self, our most wild self, the king, queen of the jungle. And it's like, Leo's all about being playful. So we want to think about how we get to express our energy in a way that feels playful, in a way that feels passionate. How do we up-level our creative self-expression? How do we own, like, I think that Leo energy, um, J-Lo is a Leo. Like, we want to, you know, rock that part of us that's just, like, walks in main character energy. Leo, Mars and Leo is main character energy. That is what we're doing this summer, Okay. We are making a soundtrack everywhere we go. We are being the star of the show. We are dressing like main character energy. We are living that, that, because it just brings, first of all, some joy and playfulness and presence to what we're doing, but it helps us kind of come back into ourselves. I think 2020 was really important for us to get really curious on a lot of aspects of ourself, um, a lot of learning, a lot of like time alone. And Mars and Leo and like Jupiter and Pisces feel like this coming out moment, coming out party. Hey, I'm here. Roar. And I am looking fine. It's like that slow motion hair blowing in the wind post makeover montage moment. Like think about, oh my God, Miss Congeniality. Like when Sandra Bullock is walking out. That is Mars and Leo energy. It's not all ha ha fun and games and blowouts and neon bandex dresses, <laughs> whatever else love Mars and Leo feels like to me. It's also, yes, about feeling more confident in our truth. Leo rules the heart and the spine. So it's like standing tall in our truth, um, being courageous, leading with our heart first. The root of the, uh, not the root of the word uh, courage is core, which is the French word for heart. To be courageous is to live from the heart and to live from the heart demands like bravery from us, strength, warrior energy. It's a big deal. Okay. It's hard to stand tall in your truth, but Leo is here with that lion hearted leader energy to help us do that. Mars and Leo. Okay. Also Mars and Leo 
have fun with your self-expression. Like, I don't know, change up your makeup look, be a little bold, rock a little extra cleavage, wear something tight, show some skin. It's very much like letting yourself be seen energy. This is going to be my invitation to make a return to the hashtag sacred thirst trap energy. It feels good to be seen. Take a photo of yourself when you're feeling yourself or post a throwback one. Yeah, Mars and Leo invitation. Everyone needs to have a little like sexy selfie photo shoot. That's it. It's your spiritual assignment. You can't say no. And you know what? Mars and Leo tend to the main if you want to like dye your hair or cut it or style it differently or get extensions or be like Moira Rose and start cultivating a wig wall. This is a great time to do it. And there's a lot of things to look out for. Honestly, Mars and Leo is really fun. It is making a little bit of a tricky, a tense it's having a tense moment. It's an intense relationship with Saturn and Uranus, the way they're aspecting it. So we want to watch out for explosions or disruptive arguments or disagreements that get out of hand. Just going to watch out for that. We're also going to watch out for being overly like prideful or being arrogant, thinking we're overly right or being stubborn in that way. Just things to look out for, okay? So don't let your pride get the best of you. And the rest of it, you're just going to like, Katy Perry, roar. Let her roar. Have some fun with it. And then that brings us into uh, Saturn square Uranus. Okay, so June 14th, mark the calendars. Obviously, we're going to feel it a little bit before, a little bit after. Uh, these Saturn square Uranuses, there's three of them. They're a trilogy unfolding. Um, the first one was on February 17th. So that was the beginning. That was the intro book. That was like setting up the character's what we need to know. Now we're halfway through the journey. And then the final one will be on December 24th, the eve of Christmas. So this is going to be a three-part story that's unfolding. You're going to feel it on the individual level, especially for like my Capricorns, Aquarius, and my Tauruses, you too. And then you're going to look back. We're also going to feel it on on the collective level, big time. This is big collective signature, changing huge societal paradigm shifts. So February 17th, look back, what was happening, what was good, what was going down, look in the photos, look on Instagram, look in your emails, look in your texts, if you need a little jog. Something started then. There were shifts. Things were happening. That was the first Saturn square Uranus. Now we're at June 14th. And what Saturn square Uranus is about is um, squares can be kind of challenging in astrology. And this is a clash. This is a clash of two titans. Saturn and Uranus are big, powerful planets in the sky. And they're in this like odd couple pairing where Saturn is in Aquarius. So Saturn is like older boss energy, older man energy. Saturn's always like leather daddy or like old CEO, just grandfather energy. And Saturn is in Aquarius and Aquarius is rebellious and Aquarius wants change and Aquarius is innovative. So it's like having someone on Instagram had that guy from um, Saturn and Aquarius felt like that doctor from Back to the Future. I think it's Eliza Kelly. And it was so funny because that is really like Saturn in Aquarius. It's like an old mad scientist, revolutionary. Saturn Aquarius gives me a little Bernie Sanders vibes, like older, been in the system for a while, understands the way things work, but ultimately is a visionary, ultimately is trying to get things done. And then we have Uranus is in Taurus. So Uranus is the great awakener planet, is the big 
planet of like, let's get weird. Let's flip some tables. Let's shake everything up and wake everyone up. And I want to be different. Uranus, Jessica Lignato talks about Uranus as like the planets associated with like queerness also. It's just like, fuck the norms. Like, let's go where somewhere different. And Uranus comes to really help us grow and help us see new ways of being. And yeah, it's, it's disruptive, radical, revolutionary. That's it. That rebel energy planet is in Taurus, which Taurus doesn't necessarily love all of that change. Taurus is grounded. Taurus is stable. Taurus likes routine. Taurus likes what it likes. Taurus is deliberate. Taurus is slow and steady. So you already kind of see what's shaking off. These planets are squaring each other. It's like they're literally in a face-off. They're in an arm wrestling competition. Who is going to win? And Uranus and Taurus has been going on for a while. And it's also about like Taurus things are food, money, body, really earthly things, how we provide for ourselves, where we live, our security. So that's kind of like the archetypal energy of these two planets and how that's playing out as we know it in our lives. Saturn square Uranus, it's old meets new. It's progress. It's progress going up against tradition. Uranus and Taurus is changes to like food and money. Saturn in Aquarius is about technology and how we make money. So some things we saw, the whole like cryptocurrency is very Uranus and Taurus. And then Saturn square Uranus playing out in the winter was very much like GameStop energy. Very much, oh, we are challenging these old systems and like they're butting up against each other, like the stock market and Wall Street. And then Saturn and Aquarius is like, yeah, we the people, like we're getting together. And like we realize that together, there's a lot of us. Yeah, there's that whole like one percenter thing and Occupy Wall Street from one of our last big astrological cycles. And now it's coming full term. And it's like, actually, yeah, one percent. That means there's 99% of us. And if we got together, we could do some things and make some change. We're experiencing that. Saturn square Uranus has a lot to do with like labor strikes, unions gathering, and people wanting to, you know, oppose that. So we saw that a lot. There's the fast food workers strike. A lot, obviously, of advocacy for farmers, advocacy for raising the minimum wage. These are all very Saturn Square Uranus things. There's so much I could say about this. Truly, it's too much. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep these like a half hour, 40 minutes to be digestible. If you want more like a deep dive of like historically what has happened during Saturn Square Uranus, if you want some more like if astrology isn't real, then why moments? We have the whole two hour webinar I did on the astrology of 2021 talking about the karmic shitstorm that was 2020, why it happened, you know, what were some of the astrological signatures and then what 2021 is about. But Saturn Square Uranus really change, rebellion but also feeling that the tug and hitting up that bumper against like boundaries, responsibility, restriction, opposition. It's tense, baby. It's tense. It's tricky energy. It's going to bring us a lot of progress ultimately. But we know like 2020 wasn't going to happen and we weren't all going to be like, oh my God, yay, a whole new world in 2021. This is kind of the push and pull we needed. Progress, steps forward, steps back. And we've seen a lot of progress this year. We have, but we also have to be radically honest with ourselves. 
there are big systemic issues and they're not going to be fixed overnight and we can't ignore them or put a bandaid on them or just like love and light all over everything. We need to do the work and we need to go in and we need to challenge things and we need to challenge within ourselves. Wherever you have Taurus and Aquarius, you're going to have Uranus and Saturn over them. So you're going to feel a push-pull between those areas of your life if you want to understand how this is going to play out for you. Some ways to work with this as much as you can, stop resisting the change. Take a long term, take a measured view. Sometimes like that Saturn square Uranus, it reminds us like we just cling onto the old when we're being forced, we're being asked to like evolve, evolve or die. Also finding opportunity in the restriction is very Saturn Aquarius and then squaring Uranus. I know a lot of you, a lot of you have been reaching out to me in my DMs or booking sessions or joining our community because you realized last year in that restriction, you had the aha moment that you wanted your life to be different. You wanted something to change. You wanted to have a new way of being. And maybe it was the first time that you got to really just be quiet with yourself. And so many of you have undergone, you know, spiritual awakenings or made big life shifts in your work, in your relationships, in your inner child healing. So that's a big theme when we feel this energy is like, there is a opportunity in the restriction. All right. We just have to find it and tap into it. And then also we want to focus on possibility thinking, expansive growth mindset. What is the potential? How big can we get? Saturn and Aquarius, Uranus and Taurus um, versus focusing on the way things were or the way we think it should be or the way we want it to be. And just, this is it. It's it's a big reset we're going through and we're going to continue to feel into this and we're going to continue to be challenged on this. We'll keep our eye out. I know I obviously didn't have this podcast then, but I definitely, I think, tweeted or talked about online. There were so many stories that came across my desk during the third week of February involving the Saturn-Uranus square. Honestly, the, the Texas, the storms in Texas, the Uranus and Taurus is all about power, power grids, you know, how do we provide for ourselves and Saturn and Aquarius, Aquarius technology electricity. So that, and I felt so bad for, you know, all of my Texas community members that really showed some, you know, lack of support, lack of infrastructure during that time. Um, we also saw, I think on the day that Saturn was exactly square Uranus on February 17th, I have to check my notes, Rush Limbaugh died, uh, which was like Saturn's where you're on. It's like the old is going. And that felt, I got so many tweets and posts about that. You know, conservative radio broadcaster, we never celebrate when someone dies ever, ever, ever. You know, I do appreciate he's a soul, but honestly, he celebrated the deaths of AIDS, HIV victims, and so many other atrocious things. So it just felt like sort of poetic and, and charged in that way. And then Maybe one of like the things that I got a lot of news on was literally the Trump Plaza Casino Hotel imploded and had a controlled demolition implosion in Atlantic City. You know, Saturn, rural structures, buildings, patriarchal things in general. And then Uranus is all about exploding things and literally like blowing things up. So it was so almost like celestial, cosmic, impeccably timed. It was a whole thing. And, you know, Trump had a lot of karmic stuff happening in his chart. He does all year. I won't get into it. But just these are things. Pay attention to them. I think a lot of us could see why, you know, we need to 
grow and how painful it is. But I invite you to think about those three cosmic RXs I just gave you. Trust where you're being led, find the opportunity and the restriction, and just think of a new way of being, a new way of doing it, okay? You've got this. We've got this. We're all in this together. (laughs) High School Musical, shout out. Okay, so let me know how everything goes. You know, tag us at the Cosmic Rx, watching your podcast episodes. If you want to slide into my personal DMs at I am Maddie Murphy, come tell me your stories, the highs, the lows, the thrills, the chills of eclipse season, Mercury retrograde, all these transits. And remember, work that booty. We got main character energy coming through. You are the star of the show. Got it? Get it? Live it. Okay. Love you guys. See you soon. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.